makes me feel uncomfortable that you guys know each other. Oh yeah, way back, way back, man. Seven. We we uh, we met in 2018 at the Atlanta airport. Really. Yeah. And now it has brought us back to old Santa Claus's beard over here. And I'm I look 30 years older since the last time you saw me, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's just a little. There, there's a little bit more there. But hey, I'm catching up to you. It's probably with each kid. Do you have grays, Travis? Yeah, this is all gray. Time to retire. <laughs> nah, man, we're just getting started. I wonder how many competitors have gray hair. Uh, or, well, depending on what division. Are we talking masters or are we talking... <laughs> no, we're talking about the, the, the 30 and under. What is masters now, 30 to 35? Nah, man, 35, 35. How old are you? 30. Travis, what is the goal? In life? What are we talking? We're talking CrossFit? We're talking fitness? Yeah, I know you don't know what the goals are for life. I'm talking about like what, what you do know about. Yeah, what is no. The goal? I mean, the goals are to win. I mean, go to the games and win at the games. That's ultimately what I'm training for and what I kind of do every day. And what that's focused on is getting to that point. But I feel like I heard you say that somewhere I read that you were not going to that, that there were certain goals you wanted to achieve, and and it was a little ambiguous. And and I started thinking, oh, does his goal to get on the podium? Is his goal to like what's his goal? Like, is there? Is there yeah, a- I mean, I think each year it's always kind of varied and changed based off of circumstances. How I feel like my training has progressed. How I feel like I am as an athlete. How I've developed over the years. And I mean, at each point, like right now I'm going into it with the mindset of I'm going to win. And I think over the last probably six, seven months, things have just started to click for me and kind of feel dialed in. And I think this weekend showed me a few more areas to work on to improve. But at the end of the day, the goal going in is to win. Are you tempted? Have you been tempted to take any performance enhancing drugs? No, never. <laughs> hey have man, you? it's a, it's a it's, have you? It's a, yeah, yeah, I have. Not in the lot. No, not when Ricky Gerard popped and I and I that was the first time I heard, Gerard Gerard. I, that was the first times I heard heard about SARMs. Yeah, so you just so I actually went on. I actually went online with the intention of ordering them, but fucking like the kind, whatever the kind that was, people were saying he took, like I looked everywhere and they were out of stock. And then, you know, one week later that was off kind of like my to-do list. So I never got around. So now, <laughs> I was gonna, now you're bringing it back up to the forefront of actually trying now. <laughs> I just think, I just think when I, when I hear. Maybe it'll help your people, beard. I, I, I would just do it just for the experience. But um, when I hear people say like, when I hear Matt say on the podcast, I would win it. I, the goal was to win at any cost. I think, holy shit, like you've dedicated your entire fucking life to this. I mean, how long have you been, how long have you been messing with CrossFit? Uh, 2011. So in 2011, I got into it at the end of October, 2010. And then, so technically like my first open was the first year they had it in 2011 and I took 61st. So I missed it by one. And then in 2012, I fractured my L5. And then 2013 was like my first like full year of being healthy and then qualified in 13. Yeah. So at some point you're just like, okay, I'm 11 or 12 years into this. 
I'm going to do whatever it takes to win. But that doesn't not, not, not drugs. Just, yeah, drugs has never drugs. crossed my mind to get to a point of of that. Um, I mean, if you can't tell by ever looking at me, I look like I'm a janitor at a high school. So from that side of things, I mean, I'm definitely not looking like it if I was. I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you always keep your shirt on to hide those spider veins and shit. Oh, yeah. Can't you tell, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, the jan- you're the janitor yeah. at the high school in the movie, but then halfway through the movie, we find out you have this other life. And it was just phenomenal yeah, the, the, in some domain. There's something there. Yeah. I really just keep my shirt on because I don't want to blind people with how pale I am. So, And it, was, it wasn't the janitor on The Simpsons. Wasn't that old guy just yoked his shit like he takes <laughs> off his shirt and he's just uh, obviously I abusing? <laughs> Does anyone you, do you think anyone you trains with, do you train with, uses them? No, at least not to my knowledge of not knowing. I mean, I don't. How about this? I don't personally know anybody that is on anything, or at least been vocal enough to say, "Hey, I'm on something." I've heard of people after they've gotten out of their career admit that they were on stuff, but nobody during the like right now. Like, I have no clue. It like no one has said anything to me. Yeah, in all the years that I've. I was involved. I never heard anyone ever talk about doing them or never. Seven, why are you so anyone. quiet? And ne- am I quiet? I think it's your headphones because I'm, I'm re- registering good on the podcast. Can you hear me? Okay, Travis. Yeah. Well, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. I never, I never knew. I never knew any, I never knew. I never saw or heard anyone either. And, um, I'm trying to think of anyone prominent. The only two people that person I ever know who popped was, was Ricky. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, of course, like the main one that everybody knows about, um, just based off how everything kind of went down with that situation. But I mean, I don't, I don't know anybody personally or anybody that has mentioned anything, at least been vocal about it, while they're in their career. I've heard of people when they got out, they were like, "Yeah, I was on something." But do you get drug tested? Have you ever yeah. had one of those surprise drug tests? Yeah, I think it was a week and a half ago, and then of course, and then at the end of the Mid Atlantic, I was just tested again, um, which was like twenty four hours ago. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I got home. We drove home this morning at like nine o'clock, so I got in at like one. Um, but yeah, we were tested last night, pretty much at this time. I was tested. 24 hours. I would never test you. If I was in charge, I would never test you. (laughs) Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you. I just would, I almost wish they would do a waste waste of a test. It takes me forever because I literally empty the tank before I'm done or before I go onto the floor for the final workouts. And then I knew immediately when we were done, we were going to be drug tested. And then I was like, wow, this is going to take forever. So then it takes me an hour and something before I got to pee again because I got nothing in my system. (sighs) We got to be able to do it beforehand. I've never worked out so hard that I couldn't pee. I think I could pee on demand. Like I could really? pee, and then you could be like, no. "Seb on pee again," and I could just pee again. No, no I'm totally, I'm Not totally with Travis on this one. And then you, you mean you, the last event, you leave everything there. You've sweat the rest of it out anyway. I, I think they should. Yeah, they should be, I'm trying to be as light as I can, going onto the floor. Yeah. I don't you what, 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 what? Say that again. I said I don't need the extra weight in my body, so I'm gonna get it all out. <laughs> And it's the nervous. What's the most? It's the nervous piece. Yeah. What's the most most memorable moment from uh, this week? 
for me, it was probably days. the snatch. That for me was like a big milestone of hitting, and I've hit 295 a few times, and it's always just been so close at 300. And I think to be able to hit it under the lights and like capture that setting, like Max was always like, save it for the competition, save it for the competition, and to be able to actually like hit it, trusting my jumps, where I was going, the numbers I was going to try to do, and then just see what everybody else in the field kind of hit and then made a last minute decision instead of going 295 to go to 300. And then along with 12 other people, apparently that can snatch 300 pounds now. Um, it, uh, that, that for me was like something that I've worked a lot on over the past few years of like getting that movement specifically dialed in and to be able to do that was, uh, I was pretty pumped up about that. Travis, I mean, that for How tall me, are you? For me, yeah, seven, seven. Go ahead. Sorry, Brian. Watching that snatch, the last heat of the snatch <laughs> workout at home was, I mean, it was crazy because, not, you know, not every guy hit 300, but I feel like even the guys that did it, like, hit the number they wanted. Like, I think 285 was a big deal for Medeiros and a couple other guys in yeah. that hit, heat, like, hit the number that was like, if everything goes perfectly, I want this lift. And it literally seemed like every guy did that. What was it? <laughs> what was the energy on the floor at that point? I mean, so I just tried not to watch anybody like I can hear and I was like, just stay focused on like actually hitting this. So what I told myself was to not watch anybody. Um, so Max was like straight behind me, writing everybody's lifts down, like saying, go up or go to whatever the number kind of was. And I originally, after I hit 285 through 295 on, and then I hear the crowd and I can like see, I saw Ben Smith had 300 and I was like, I, then you hear the crowd roar and I was like, okay, so he hit it. And then, like, apparently four other people in my same lane had 300 on the bar. And I looked back at Max and I said, go for it. And he's like, can you hit it? And I just kind of shrugged my shoulders. I'm like, I don't know. I've never hit it before. Um, so I literally threw two and a halfs on. And then when they were, like, lift, I just ripped it and stuck it. But, I mean, it was pretty – everybody was screaming. It was a, it was a good feeling uh, to be able to hit that, like, in that moment. When did you know you were going to stand up with it? Did you know right away? No, you know what's funny is I feel like I blacked out for the whole thing because I don't remember any of it. <laughs> like, I like, don't remember any of it. I just know I was like, all right, get set, get set. And I pulled, and the next thing I know, I like it almost felt like I opened my eyes and I was like standing up, and then I just screamed and threw the bar down. Um, but like in the moment, I feel like I don't even remember it. Like I got done and I looked at Max, I was like, I have no clue what just happened. Well, I just, I just have even to when say, you watch the video back now, you don't remember it. I mean, bits and pieces. I mean, not really. Like, I remember catching in the bottom and like feeling the bar start to press down on my right side and just fighting with everything I had. And then I like looked up, and then everybody was standing, and then I just threw the bar down. It was very weird. <laughs> Brian, what's the legality if he would have put it two and a half pounds more on one side? And gone and, and gone for three hundred two point five. Is that the smallest fractional there is? No, they didn't oh. have any. Two and a half were the smallest oh. they had, so you only could go up five pound jumps. So there was nothing smaller than that. So could but 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 five pound jumps would be two and a half pounds, right? Yeah, but it would two have to be both sides. You couldn't just put it on one side. Yeah. So oh, like if I went five and then one two and a half on one side. What if you yeah. did it on accident? What would they have counted? Yeah, I don't know. But, so you had I mean, I, I seven point point five on. <laughs> what made me think about that is, is that you specifically said you felt it in your right side. So maybe if your left side's stronger, 
That's a that's a tactic to use at the games. Yeah, to just I yeah, but I feel like the games they give us smaller plates sometimes when we get max lifts. But I'll keep that in mind. I'm gonna remember that next time. So when I go out on the floor, I'll just sneak one plate on the inside of the left side. And then say you did three. I mean, is it legal? Can you do that? Have you ever? What are the rules on that? People have done it on accident in competition before, but I'm not actually sure what they scored. Didn't Alessandra Pacelli happen to her? And she went from winning the event to getting second at the event one year. I think I think I'm remembering. Well, I want to hear a story where someone won the event doing that. I think she had won the event. I'm pretty sure this is right. And then they realized. I feel like it's the other way around. Like people are lifting it. And they think it's one weight, but it's less than what they're ideally going for. So when they enter it, it's wrong. I feel like that's what's happened. Not ideally going up <laughs> and saying, I did hit 302.5 versus 300. <laughs> yeah, he's right. I was, wa- I was watching the event and... Obviously, I had a, I, when, when I was a football fan, I, wa- I watched just Raider games and Niner games. And when I was a basketball fan, I just watched Laker games. So I wasn't really a basketball fan or a football fan. I was yeah. a fan of the teams. And when I was watching the games, I just wanted to – this year, the semifinals, I just wanted to see the heats you were in. And Love I mean, it. I did watch some t- teams and stuff, but I really Love just it. wanted to see your events. And I, I, I was really surprised at how much – how little – screen time you ben smith and scott panchik got welcome was like welcome welcome to my world of the media well, travis can um, I, I mean you're can the I, best looking dude out there i mean you had your shirt on that's a fuck up on your part yeah i'll take some of the way for that i mean yeah i don't know i mean i feel hey, like dude I, if i went to the zoo and they had a sweater on the giraffe i'd ask for my fucking money back <laughs> Because I went there to see his fucking neck. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, come All on, right. man. I'll remember that. How about this? I'll be sure at most events of the games, I'll rock it with the shirt off now. But other than that, I mean, it, it, it was it was bad. It, I mean, there were times you were in first place. Someone DM'd me. I didn't see this, but they were saying in one of the events that Ben Smith won, and they, and they didn't have the camera on Seven. him as he crossed the finish line. Uh, what? So Tell there's me. um. I've, I've. This is something that I've been involved. Only with. Only if you agree with me, Brian. Only if you agree with me. You have to wait. For, you have to wait for the conclusion. This is something that I've been involved with. The conclusion with is you're right, Savan. You're right, Savan. And uh, and at a lot of the sanctional events, um, and there's a there's a problem with with the big problem is the floor layout and the inability inability for the companies that are covering the events to adapt to the floor layout. In my opinion, so the traditional layout of the regional floors is the long floor. It's very easy to shoot and to, to, to capture the width of the floor. But like events like Wadapalooza and the Mid-Atlantic CrossFit Challenge this weekend, unlike Torium Pro, didn't have that long setup. They had the wide setup. And then it's much more difficult to capture the totality of what's happening on the floor. So you have to approach it with a different plan. The team that was working there at the games or at, at, at Mid-Atlantic is the games team. Like they're the ones who cover the games, but they're so used to that long yeah. competition floor because that's what Dave yeah. always wants. They need to, I'm telling you, they need to, Adapt their, their I um, think approach my, to make sure that they don't miss the So you don't think it's a tra- you don't think it's a bias on Travis? What's 100%, your last name? Hundred percent. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think the there should be one screen that shows everybody that is just like just the floor and it shows every single person going at one time. And then if you want the option to see how the actual whatever second camera person is doing that is following around whatever with the announcers and how they're communicating that then you have that option 
because I think even for like people at home that couldn't come watch. So like my whole family in those moments when it's like, I want to see what's actually happening. You can still pan out and see every single person, which I'm like, that can't be that hard to figure out. Like you just have one camera. That's but how would I do that on YouTube? How would I do that on YouTube? I'm watching yeah, YouTube. Yeah, that ain't my problem. I'm not the, I'm not the guy to figure that out. Well, I'm just, you're just the idea I'm guy. The ideas. There are ways to do it. And, and, um, loud and live did it for that, uh, online competition last, uh, in like the fall winter area. Um, they had the opportunity for, to select which athlete you wanted to watch, or you could watch all of them at once. Oh yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. I, well, either, I like- either, either way they, they could have cut to you more. There was a lot of times when you were in, in first place or tied for first place it, during the events. And it was just, it, it was driving me fucking nuts. I know. I saw your stories. I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't tag you in some of those cause I was using a lot of profanity and I think of you as sort of like a more clean cut guy. I'm like, I really don't want to see this. Let it rip. Let it rip. I love it. Fires me up. Gets me going. I mean, it's definitely for How- my side. Cause I mean, it- I've been in the, I've been in this game for a long time now and like legitimately Sean Woodley called me Travis Williams on the podcast or on the announcement, like Travis Williams takes the heat. Okay. Like, there's multi like I get it. The dude dropped out of the competition because he had to go work or something. But like, he's not even in the event, and you're getting the name wrong. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it's oh, Sean one of Woodley. And then morning chalk up has messed it up about ten times, and I think I'm finally to the point of like. At first, it was kind of funny, like oh, they're just doing this out of like spite and as a joke. But now it's just to the point of like, all right, this is kind of really annoying. Um, and then even my wife, when I got home, she did like a whole. Uh, so when I got home, all the kids were outside and then there was like a podium and then it gave me a, she wrote on a, a sheet of paper, hello, my name is Travis Mayer. And then like created a whole video out of it. Like, oh, maybe they'll remember your name now and all this stuff. Like, when I got <laughs> home, like literally as soon as I got out of the car, it was great. Um, but yeah, it's just, the kids I mean, watch it's it? just annoying, uh, to be honest on my side. Did the kids watch it? Yeah. Someone, so, someone goes, "Hey, what's your heart on for Travis?" And he, and here's the deal: there, there's there's two reasons why. Um, one because I gave you hard time. One, I don't, I haven't met any of the new guys, so I don't know any of the new guys. But I spent a lot, I spent a lot of really intimate time with the athletes over the years doing the behind the scenes. Those and, are good times, man. I'm bummed you're not. Yeah, there. and. Um, and uh, I really, whenever I hung out with you and who's your coach? Max. Max. Whenever I hung out with you and Max, it was just easy. I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking easy. I'm going to hang out here and get content. These dudes are just so chill. It yeah, was that, was so the year, easy. that was the year you like captured all the clown nose and all the other stuff that we joked about. And Brooke Wells losing more followers than I had. And it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> And, and, and we just really bonded and, and there's just some people back there where, you know, they're sort of, they're letting you into their world. Josh would let me do that. Um, you would let me do that. Uh, Noah was really great. There were just some people who were really, really, um, uh, rich, rich was usually not day one, but by day two or three, rich was always really, really great. And, and the women, the, the women, there really weren't. Yeah. And besides like the women, there's really no women like that. I shouldn't say that there's a handful <laughs> But the women are a little more. The women are a little more intense. They're like, uh, they are. They're not ready to bullshit and make jokes and and 
I mean, I feel like that's literally all we do the whole time we're like at the gym is do that is just pick on each other and like have a good time about it. I mean, it keeps it lighthearted and fun. Um, And I mean, I remember that that year specifically, like one of the goals Max had was like, let's keep it as lighthearted as possible and just have a good time. And the dude literally brought a clown nose to the games to just joke around and would put it on to loosen the situation up. Um, And and one year I was with Noah and he was awesome. And then another year he was a little a little more uptight. And then on the last day, he got all loose again. And I'm like, hey, what's going on with you? He goes, I was just trying something new this year, and it was stupid. I was trying to be more serious. That was dumb. I should have never done that. I fucked yeah, everything up yeah, to be definitely, more serious. That's definitely not him at all. He's just definitely not that kind of person. He's always, hey, he's happy and hungry, baby. Happy and hungry. Travis, that, that crew out there has grown quite a bit this year. Yeah. I mean, we have, I don't know, there's probably 10 to 12 people that are all – high level regional competitors. So you have myself, Noah, Jake, Berman, Kyle Bernier, Cedric, Lauren Fisher, Alessandra Pacelli, uh, Alexis Raptis, and Jordan Adcock are all there right now. Isn't Bryn there also? Yeah, Bryn's there. Sorry. I mean, there's a lot of freaking people. Plus Plus your team just did great. We're training yeah, to think and then team. qualified. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely a, a really good training environment, and we're all kind of following the same structure and plan. So we all get to do most of the sessions together, and then like our independent skill work and stuff we do separately. But as like a whole, you are all doing every single workout together, so you're just getting that next level of push that you're not kind of getting anywhere else. And I think that even translated over to like this past weekend where. I feel completely fine right now with just like my body, like my back's a little tight, but in the grand scheme of things, like usually finishing a competition, I'm like trashed, but feel completely fine. But I think that's based off of how the intensity has been going into this year with that many people doing workouts that we're all just pushing it to another level, I think on each day. Max is the head coach for all those people. No, Let's see. So Noah, me, Kyle, Alessandra, Lauren. That might be it. And then other coaches under him have Alexis, Bryn. And then another coach has like Kyle and Jake. And then so there's all the coaches that were all there. Um but yeah, so everybody there has at least Max kind of oversees the whole thing. And then the independent per- training comes from the specific coach. But then the major group sessions that we do together is kind of like Max riding and overseeing it all. Do you ever have people come in and, and, and like I have a friend who's who's just went to a super high level um, jujitsu academy in San Jose yeah. and it's, it's competition jujitsu. And he basically has to go there and attend the class. But as you're attending the class, the whole time you're really just waiting to be invited in. You're not really part of the class until you get the invite. Is it like that with you? Let's say, let's say Brian showed up. How long to be part of your comp team? How long would it take before like Max be like, Hey dude, you can't be here. You're not, you're not, you're not. You're hey, not you, I mean, you can come try. 
you can come do at least the first day and see how far into the workouts you get. And then you'd probably be given some adjustments to <laughs> make sure you're healthy. And I mean, the thing is most people, if they're doing general CrossFit, they're coming to like my gym, which like, so everything is at the hub of my gym. And then part of the other side of the gym, max like sublets out from me. Um, and then if you're like specifically wanting that or have those goals, then it's kind of a, you go to them more or less. But if every, if it's pretty much just like pure CrossFit, general health and fitness, they come to me. Um, so I would, they get invited I would bring Brian with, with my people. <laughs> Thank you. But, but is there, but I guess what I'm saying is, is there an application process? Like how do you get into that? How do you No. How do you so I mean like to be with a coach, you have to go through like their whole questionnaire process, meeting with a coach, getting an assessment, movement analysis, movement screens. And then because most of their stuff is all virtual. So most of their business is not here. Just the people that are trying to be at that high, high level. Most of them have moved here to be able to train in that environment every single day. But they've also been with Max for X amount of time. So then it's already taking away that guesswork. Like it's not like some random person is going to come in and we're going to allow that to allow them to come train. Unless they were someone established. Yeah. And even that, I mean, I feel like you have to like still be smart about how you do it and just not allowing like, Hey, yeah, all you guys can come. Cause like, we're still, we have our training group and how we run things and do things where it's not like, it's not an open gym to, literally every person that wants to just come work out. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how it works. I think I get it. You guys are elitist. Yeah, man. Um, <laughs> so how, how, how is that? So, so what's the name of your gym? United performance now. So it's used to be CrossFit passion. And then we switched it to United performance when initially the whole CrossFit situation happened. And then, so our affiliation is now CrossFit United. Um, through like HQ and stuff. CrossFit, you know, so that's what your shirt is. You want to talk about your shirt a little bit? I have some issues with your shirt. What shirt? The shirt I have on? No, the United shirt you work out in. Looks like you're fucking like you, like your dad works at United Airlines and he gave you that shirt. I'm always like, what the fuck is this shirt he's yeah, wearing? Man. United. What, what are they sponsoring him? Like, what, yeah, why United Airlines. And, and I can't read. And I can't read the small print. Can we get a... Uh, yeah, I'll get you a big one. It says performance underneath it. Yeah, can we work on that for the game? Oh, you probably can't wear your own shirt at the games, huh? No, definitely not. Well, we got to wear the let's, old... Let's, we got to wear Noble. Let's talk about uh, in the future about like a little... like So it's people know it's Holder. your gym and you're Holder. not just like... That's like... That's not your favorite... It looks like that's just like your favorite lucky t-shirt you've had since the eighth grade. Hey, it worked. Like, Airlines, it, the it first worked. time you were on a flight. It worked. It, it worked it on. It worked on not getting me any coverage, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> Southwest was the official sponsor, and you got a United <laughs> shirt on. You got fucked. Yeah, Delta was the new sponsor. I didn't have a Delta shirt on. <sighs> Travis, there were a bunch what? of guys that did pretty well there that a lot of people don't know about. Do you know about these guys? Nope. <laughs> you didn't know about. Uh, to be honest, no. I mean the. Guy that won Jason Hopper, that was the first time I've met him and but Jake talked should to have him known or anything. About him. Say again? Jake didn't Jake competed against him in South Carolina like within the last year and, and Jason won that competition. Jake got third. 
Kyle was there oh, too. Well, come on, guys. They didn't tell me nothing. I mean, and I didn't really ask. So maybe that was on me. But I mean, I feel like I don't know. in competition, from, the from other people. You, it feels like you're, you're very dialed into what you're doing, and that's really good for you, obviously. Yeah. I'd, pretty much following what they're doing is not beneficial to me whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, he, the, he, ex, ex, he did very well on all the tests and I was impressed. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens in Madison. I feel like the games is always a completely different environment for everybody. And it's way more exciting when you get to do 12 to 14 tests versus six over the span of four or five days. So, I mean, the games is what I always enjoy training for just the different tests that you get to see the biking, the running, the swimming that you don't ever get to test at regionals or these other events is just not capable to do. So that's what I really look forward to is at the games or doing those events. Cause that's, that's what I have fun training and enjoying doing versus like, 2159 all the time and all these other rep schemes of doing random stuff, pushing a pig, sandbags over the hay, all that kind of stuff. Like that's the stuff that I think gets CrossFit even further out of its kind of like barracks of just doing like the traditional stuff that you get to see how elite the people are by doing these different tests and different kind of avenues of fitness more or less. You you win the quarterfinals. That's got to be like just a great like just confidence booster, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it was good too, just based off of like the podcast you did with Matt and Josh about how I'm not very fit and wasn't doing very good. I'm just kidding. No, they didn't say that at all. <laughs> um, I was maybe gonna correct you. I'm like, should I correct? Them? No, I'm just kidding. They didn't say that at all. Uh, no. Yeah, during the Open, I was just sick, and it was kind of frustrating that I've been working a lot on things on my own on the mental side of things, and I wasn't able to really showcase that in the Open. And then when the quarterfinals came around, feeling healthy and feeling good to be able to win that was just a good confidence booster kind of going forward into the semis now. And then now knowing like, all right, the tickets punched now keep the main thing, the main thing and training for the game. So it definitely was a good feeling to win that and go out kind of knowing there's some good confidence there going forward this year. Travis. So the inverse to that, when you, I mean, you did fantastic. You did fantastic. Sorry, Brian, this will be quick. Uh, the inverse to that is you, so you do great at the quarterfinals and you get a little high. And then you don't win the semifinals. Is that does that get in your head? Then does it do the inverse? Is it like oh fuck? No, I mean I think I just had a few mistakes that I knew were kind of there. Um, that it didn't let me. I don't think it brought me down in any way or had the inverse effect. I mean, each set of tests are completely different. Each workouts are completely different. Like the way the test for the quarterfinal setup, like a lot of those were kind of my jam and things I really enjoyed. And so were some of these that we got this past weekend. And I think it's just still being able to adapt and become the best version of myself that I can on each of these workouts and get the most out of them. And I think I keep doing that for each of these events and learning new things about myself, the better I keep getting. And for me, this event 
being in person was probably one of the best I've done execution wise gone into just kind of like how I focused, how I handled some things that didn't go as planned or whatever, was able to let it go, kind of move on. And even though it was like frustrating dropping on the leaderboard to fourth when it could have been a possible second or even first, just those points, like it's frustrating, but then it's like, okay, no, take this as like a lesson learned. And now make sure you don't do that in Madison. And how can I learn and grow from that versus like beating myself up about it? So for me, I think it's kind of like it happened for a reason and I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Of course I want to win, but we're not all Matt Frazier and we can't all win every single competition and event and you got to still be on top of your A game and learn from it and be able to grow. And so that's what I'm kind of focused on doing and excited to take a few days off and then get back to it to dial those things in. Personally, I think that you have a ton of positive to take away from the weekend. I mean, the four of you guys that were in the top four spots, to me, just look at the point margin and the consistency across the weekend are guys that are legit top 10 contenders at the games, like all of them. And a couple of them have been, yeah. you know, third and fourth before there. Even and, Zach, even Zach Watts. Brian? No, I said one through four, one through four. Oh, okay, good. Watts Sorry, was Zach. almost a hundred points behind Travis. Travis is just 20 Sorry, points behind Scott and Jason had an incredible weekend, you know, and, and we'll see like Travis yeah. said what he can do. But so I think very positive takeaways. Yeah. I mean, it definitely is. I mean, I think everybody did a really good job and they all showed up and performed that day. And it's, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it was fun to be able to just be back in an in-person event. I mean, I think all of us were just excited to, at least for me, I was just excited to be like around people doing event, having fans and screaming and yelling, like that's what's fun. So to be able to hopefully Madison will be fully packed and have that excitement. That's what's fun. And I think that's what a lot of You could hear those watch. 35 people that were in the stands when you were out there? Yeah, I did. I think there was like 36, oh, that's though. awesome. My bad. <laughs> um, are you going to have a fifth kid? No. Nope. How, how do you know? Are you, how do you know? Nope. Nope. Here's, here's my, here's my um, just total ju- – you know, like you just – I just ju- – oh, you did? No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. Yeah, I don't do that. I, don't do that. Well, I mean, don't what other, what other way? Come on, man. I don't know. I can't sing us some other contraception. Listen, I figure you, this is what I figure. I this is how I imagine you. You're like this pretty hardcore religious dude, and you believe that God has just given you kids, just that only, will only give you what you can handle, and you and your wife just let it fly, and <laughs> that's you just rolling. You're just rolling with it. Yeah, I mean, I. Uh, I'm definitely not having more. Uh, <laughs> the only, hey, I'll tell you what you, I'll tell you, this is the Travis, this is the Travis, Travis family contraception method. Well, I guess you can't get pregnant when you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, technically that's So true. as long as you're pregnant, honey, this is a fantastic yeah, contraception. Uh, that's definitely not happening. So no, we were, we're done. No more. Uh, four is a great number. Uh, four is a great number. I think we're both, we're both tapped out of four. That's a. Uh, I mean, originally when we started talking about and having kids, the plan was to originally have two, maybe three. And then we had our second one. And then I was like, oh, well, this isn't too bad. And then we had our third one. And then it was like, all right, one more. And I said, okay. And then. Oh, really? Yeah. So the fourth one was even planned. Yeah, they were all planned. Oh, wow. That's incredible. All of them. 
That's incredible. Because um, Wait, you say yours weren't? Not really. The first, the first one was the. I mean, we, like we never wanted kids or to get mar- married or any of that stuff. I'm on the whole other side of you. But then we had. Then all of us, she saw some women breastfeeding. She's like, ah, I want one of those. I want. I want to experience that. So we had one. And then, and then, then you got and the then that's why I'm. Yeah, and that's why I'm projecting on you when she was pregnant, and and I was just like, holy shit, this is the greatest contraception ever. This a pregnant woman is the greatest thing ever. And then. And then the other two, she was like, hey, you need to be – I'll tell you the whole story real quick. <laughs> so we were doing it in the living room because the first baby was asleep in our room. And she goes, hey, be careful. I'm ovulating. I'm like, all right, cool. So then the next you night we're doing meant? it in the living room. <laughs> what? <laughs> so then the next night we're in the living room doing it, and she says she – go, she goes – what the fuck did you just do? I go, what do you mean? She goes, I told you I was ovulating. I go, that was last night. She's like, you fucking idiot. And then two weeks later, we got twins. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a no-no. It was great. It's great. And if we were, definitely if we were younger, I would probably, I, I mean, I would take a hundred kids now. I can't even. It's fun. As you know, but fun. I mean, I don't, I don't think people really understand the, <sighs> That you don't understand it until you have them, but I feel like when you grow up, everybody always talks very negative about just children in general and how they ruin your life. You don't get to go do these things. They never sleep and never do all these things, but then you never talk about all of the great memories and the fun things that actually go down and happen and the growth and seeing them learn new skills and develop into literally little humans. That's what's fun and an enjoyment. Um, I mean, I think people always just get caught off in their pissed off maybe because they didn't want to have a child or something else. But I mean, I love it. I love being a parent. It's fun. Yeah. I imagine. I mean, I'm def- I definitely dad. don't, I'm not going to say I don't want another one or a hundred like you, but I'm very content with my four. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the thing that people also probably don't realize that you can speak to is two, two, one, two is harder than one, but more than twice as hard. And three is way more harder than two and i and i can't speak to four but like it, it's like having three dogs like one dog's hard two dogs is kind of hard three dogs is like holy shit yeah and i had three dogs once but three kids now they now they i mean they, in all honesty they have you outnumbered yeah yeah so or, there's just well just, i mean when you have one you can hand it off like you get this one that's fine two it's like all right we got man to man you just handle this one i'll handle this one three you got to kind of juggle a little bit more force just all right it's chaos i mean thankfully like so i have a five and a half and three and a half year old and they kind of can fend for themselves it's just our 18 month old he's reckless and will just tear the house apart he's a little terror sometimes but that's the one you got to watch out for so it's really just those two that we're like you always got to keep your eye on do you think you'd be a better CrossFitter if you didn't have kids? Do you think you would be you'd have been able to dedicate more time to your to your training, or do you think your training is is right where it should? You no, I think it's right where perfect. it should be. I mean, I think it also helps give me a better reason to push and drive and moments and workouts, and it just gives me a different motivation than not having them. Um, I mean, do I think? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I've never really thought about it, and. Because, I mean, I had my – I was married at 24. I had my first kid at 25. So, I mean, kind of – I don't recommend that, people. I don't recommend that. Games. What would you say? I said I don't recommend that, people. I don't recommend that. 
Yeah, that definitely doesn't seem to be the case anymore now. Um, but I don't know if it, I feel like it's just kind of been, that's how it always naturally has just gone. And I've just kind of accepted it and learned how to train and adapt around that. And I mean, I'm usually at the gym at eight o'clock in the morning until roughly three. And then, so, I mean, I'm getting two full sessions in there, possibly the third one. And then depending on what my training is like, do another one at home. Cause I have like a full setup at home. So, I mean, I have time to get all my workouts in and not ever feel like I'm being taken away from my goal of the games to being a parent and stuff. Like I feel like the timing of how my training and things are structured works pretty well. Are you honest with yourself? Do you think about your age? Yeah. In terms of your career? What you, do you think I'm not 30 years old? No, I, I believe, <laughs> I believe you're 30. You took a second, a 10th, a first, a second, and then two sixth. And I know this is a bit of a stretch to say this, but the guys ahead of you in first, second, and third place, their finishes in the last two workouts were first, third, fifth, second, second, first, and you have two sixth. Yeah. And one of the things that we see in older athletes is that they can compete. They can compete, but their recovery is becomes the first sign of, um, uh oh, something like that. That that's the first thing to go is their recovery. You know, so they just still do great in the open. They still, but but when it comes to multiple day, um, then what 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 does it say that how I feel completely fine right now? What does that mean? You're lying to us. I don't know. I ain't lying to you, man. Why would I, <laughs> I got no benefit in lying to you. No, I mean I think I get what you're saying. I mean the fact that they're 21 years old and 22. That's definitely um, Scott Pant benefit on their side. But then you also have the experience on my side and the fact that this isn't my first rodeo and the fact that I have done this for a long time and I know that if you go back and look at other regionals and then you were saying who won i mean i brian would probably actually know this if i actually did say it but it was like who won the 2017 regional you'd be like oh i don't know but then when you say who won the games that's where it ultimately matters um right so i mean i think there's a lot of things that happen from now until the games and i think across every single regional will or semi however whatever it's called now but for each semi you'll see differences from athletes last year that competed to then how they perform in the semis this year. And I think just because I'm 30 years old, I actually feel like I'm recovering better now than I was back then because I'm taking a smarter approach on how I recover, how I cool down after workouts. Then when I was younger, it would just be like, okay, I'll just go drink a shake and I'll be completely fine. Where now I'm like, okay, I'll cool down for 10 minutes, then do some stretching. And then I feel completely fine. So I'm just finding different ways around it to, suit me and better me for my circumstances. And then things that happen, just, I don't base all of that off of what everybody sees. Cause that's based off the leaderboard is what you see is the sixth and the sixth. But what other people don't see is like, okay, did I have a sickness? Did I have something else come up? But I don't ever, I'm not going to sit there and complain about something that might've happened to me or whatever. It's just, it is what it is. And I gave my best effort for that. And are there rooms for improvement? Yes, I think so. And that's what I'm going to be working on and training on towards the games. Um, so, I mean, I don't. And I'm not saying I see it. I'm not saying I see it in you just, you know, I know it's a bit of a stretch, but it's always an interesting component yeah. for to talk about. 
because I know that's true with training also. I know the younger guys, I, I'll never forget Spiel saying this in, in a, I don't know, 2009 or 10, that the big thing about getting old in your training is, is that you can't work, you don't have as much time to work on the technical stuff, like double unders, handstand walks, because you're older and your recovery's not. Um, yeah, I mean, I think part of that is back then, people didn't have the smart enough coach and approach to how they mm-hmm. did things, where I did the reverse where all I focused on is I used to do three to four hours of movement work a day to improve position, to keep myself healthy. I mean, you look at the athletes that have been in the game since I was in it, still competing at elite level is a very slim margin of athletes. One, i still feel like I'm completely healthy. My body's healthy. I feel like I'm, I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm recovering faster. And so from that side of things, I think, instead of having my one breakout year in 2012 or whatever, and then done not being able to compete anymore because I buried my body into the ground with not training smart. Max is very intelligent with the way we did things early on to keep me healthy so that I do have this longevity in the sport. And now I'm making my seventh trip. So I think the times of back then when people in 2009, it was really just, Hey, let's do whatever we can to like jam as many CrossFit workouts as we can into it. Like there wasn't as much thought and process behind it as a, like a coaching aspect of things and how you approach this. What's the, how much squat volumes accumulating in the week, how much pressing, how much time are you upside down? Like that's not really looked at. I feel like back then as now it's a professional sport and people get paid to do this. So then you require that knowledge from other people. Like we have a sprint coach. We do sprint work with once a week. We have a swimming coach. We do swim work. We we have a marathon runner that we do like uh, speed work and long distance work. And then you have your movement analysis and PT guy that does the stuff. So I think for us as like an organization and TTT itself is like, it's a much smarter approach than just pure CrossFit. Like it's about being healthy, moving better and doing those things. So for me, I think it's allowed me to stay healthy and in this sport for as long as I have because of him from an early age in the sport of being 20 years old and like, hey, no, you need to fix your squat. That's horrible. Like your knees cave in. This is this. This sucks. Your overhead position is worthless and garbage. And he's very honest with that when I was very early on. Like, yeah, you can't get a bar overhead without your rib cage. And then finding ways to improve it and then now here we are. But I think you have to do that at an early age. And now I think as the sport keeps evolving, you have these guys that did start in like the old school CrossFit, but now they're getting into like focusing more on movement, moving better. And we'll kind of see what happens with the sport in the next like 10 years with someone who's had a coach that long. But I mean, Max and I have been together since 2012. He lives in Georgia. He lives in Marietta. Uh, Alpharetta. Alpharetta. Yeah. Did you, and you guys met through CrossFit? Yeah. So I used to work with, do you remember Nate Schrader? Yeah. The dude that just shredded beyond belief that, yeah. So he used to like write programs for me and then he worked with OPT at the time. And so then I reached out to, OPEX OPT at that point in time. And Max was a coach there. So then I had a call with him about working together. And then immediately after that call, I was like, this is the guy I want to work with. Like I just knew immediately 
he was a genius in that side of the field. And so immediately from that point, we started working together. And then in 2014, he came down to my wedding and then we pitched him the idea of like, Hey, this part of our gym is not used. The offices up front are not used. Do you want to move your business down here? Atlanta's a bigger airport. More people can get into it easier than they could in Utah at that point. Um, so the day after my wedding, he's like, Hey, can you take me to go look at this house? I took him to look at the house and then he ended up getting it. And then he's been here ever since. <laughs> Damn. Damn. It's amazing that you guys have maintained a relationship, to be honest, that's both business and friendship and coach. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely coaching. been a, I mean, that's, that's juggling a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, I, we've both started to really figure all that out and then, help each other on the business side of things. And like, that's its own one thing. And then you have the athlete and coach side, that's its own and being able. And then you also have the shit talking between both of us of like being able to pick those two apart because sometimes those lines would get a little blurry. Um, but then at the end of the day, we've now got kind of like a good routine where I'm like, Hey, you can't talk about this when we're training. And then when we're done, you can let it rip and, go for it. But during these times we have our ground rules of how much trash talking can go on about certain things. <laughs> so, so you guys have a very honest relationship. Yeah. I mean, he's honestly like a brother. Keeping it healthy. Say again. Wow. Awesome. So, and that is, is that the secret to keeping it healthy? Just being just super honest. Yeah. I mean, I think early on, like I've never been a very, uh, share my feelings kind of guy and I would hold things in. And then I remember there'd be times he'd be like, so what do you want to do? Like, how was this? And then he'd like, we would just sit in his office and I just wouldn't say anything. Cause I just, I was like, whatever, like, I don't want to talk. And he'd be like, all right, you have to tell me what's going on, how you feel, what's the structure like. And then over the years I've started to develop like, Oh, like when you start explaining things and getting that out, then they, he understands it better Then we can program better, get a better structure going forward. Um, but yeah, there was definitely it's almost like having two wives. It's almost like having two wives. Yeah, it is seriously. But I'm he's not married, so then it's it's better. Does um does your wife ever get jealous of him? <laughs> no. <laughs> of, of, no, all the time you spend with him. No, definitely. Not. I mean, you see that shit. I mean, I'm asking. Yeah, no. I mean, the amount shit. of time like at the gym is just me at the gym. The main times we're like fully together, like at events, like we were this past weekend. But no, she's not jealous of Max. At least I don't think so. I'll go ask her when we're done. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Send me a, send me a text. I'll let you know. Brian, I'm going to let him go. We're approaching an hour. Is there anything you want to... It's really been an hour? Wow. I know. Travis, Time flies with me. How, uh, how difficult was the torque tank? It wasn't. The prowler was harder. I love it. Like The prowler in our gym like, is harder. I mean, I think... Which workout was that before you talk about it? Because I don't see one called the torque tank on here. Which workout was Number that? Number two. It was the... Eight miles? No. No, the yeah. second one. Skier or torque tank, for speed? skier, chest bar, skier, torque tank, back forth, back and forth. Um, and then it's like the harder you push, the more the magnetic field kicks up. And so it's almost like hmm. not bending fitting you to go faster kind of thing. <clears throat> So like if you full sprint at it, it doesn't help it versus if you just kind of push slow and methodical with it, then it's almost better. So it just kind of, 
I feel like it's one of those things that like doesn't benefit you to actually be faster. Um, it's almost like so you it, just are kind of smooth with it better, which is kind of a weird tool to yeah, do. Like but I mean, really, Max really was like, do you want to buy this? And I was like, no, because I mean, I feel like we have 12 prowlers at the gym and I'm like, I don't like it. The prowler when we push that feels harder than the way when I push that. What's but the I think like a stupid device for like, testing fitness? You just described a stupid device for testing fitness. You're punished for working harder. I don't. I don't understand how that would. That sounds lame. Hey, don't ask me. I didn't invent it. I mean, not lame to work out with, but lame to test fitness with. Yeah, I mean, I think from the side of, it seems. I would say in a competition, that's a better tool than a prowler because it's the same resistance it's the same for yeah. everybody like on the level of like with the turf Fairness. field or grass field when you are pushing there definitely are i know the whole dave castro and there aren't lanes that are different and whatnot and <laughs> fields sloped in different ways it's designed to go the what whatever but with this it at least makes it fair uh like it's all on wheels it's all gonna roll the same and then just however you maneuver it and push it is on you. So I think from that side of things, it at least makes it an even playing field on the device you're using versus the prowler, which can be indicated by it got stuck on the tape and now it won't actually push like those kind of decisions of like the fact that's come out like three or four times and people have had issues with it. It's like, all right, well, maybe this will be the new way to kind of solve that problem going forward. Oh, that's Do you have any bitching about the prize money? <laughs> I mean, I, if those, I just hope Dubai and those other events come back. Um, They're I mean, to. yeah, it's just, it's just one of those things where like I get it, but then at a professional level when you're like, all right, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. That paid for what my hotel while I was there. And then food and gas, all right, that's all gone. So it's like I get it's supposed to contribute towards the trip of the games, but that's already that money's already gone just based off of how it was just put forward to this weekend and paying the registration to get there. Then you have the hotel, all these other things that go into it. Um, I mean, of course, I would like to see it higher. I mean, I think everybody would just based off of the amount of time and energy we're putting into this. And then for those that don't even make it, like okay you just lost a bunch of money like for the guy that took six all right well sorry man that's a bummer but then i i mean i think dubai's done a very good job with it i think at the games they have it the right way um but i mean i think there could be a better scenario for the athletes to at least make money doing it right because then the only other opportunity is the games which i mean makes sense like that should be the big one but I also think there should still be those opportunities. Like Dubai, you get paid out for each workout. Then legitimately everybody gets paid. Every single person. So if you took dead last, you at least walk away with a thousand bucks. So for them, that's great for them. And then you're capitalized the higher up you, of course, finish. And at least that's a very substantial amount of money at that point. Even if it's not that far. Even if it's like 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one 500 for everybody else, however you want to look at it. But at least you're making money on the weekend versus like, I just lost money. If you have like a $2,000, uh, 
um, place to stay. Then if you have your flight, then all your food. And then if you have family and other stuff coming and then, then you're helping pay for that, like, okay, well, they're just went your $5,000 like that. Um, all of this is predicated on the presupposition that this is like, I want to say a professional sport, but even most professional sports are like that. Like once you fall to the top 150 golfers in the world, they're all paying to try to be professional golfers. They're all trying to pay. They're all paying to be on the tour. And it's, here's what's weird to me just from the inside of working at CrossFit, the games were just supposed to be a party. They were just supposed to be a place to celebrate fitness 2007. And then 2008, it got bigger and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And maybe the lack of prize money from some people's perspective and they're complaining is just, hey, well, then it's um, – I mean it's predicated on capitalism. It's the same reason why uh, the WNBA doesn't get paid as much as the NBA, right? Yeah. If, 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 so part of me, like when I hear people complain – and you and didn't I, complain, I, I, by the way. I think the I, thing for me is I'm not – You're And you're not complaining. I'm not we're complaining because I don't, do it, no. I don't do it for the money. Yes, the money's right. the – of course, what pays my bills and does that set of things. But – I compete because I love the sport in CrossFit and I wouldn't dedicate this much time if I didn't get to try to prove myself and what I was capable of doing. Like that's what I enjoy doing and the unknown of knowing what we're getting into every day. Like that's the stuff to me that is fun. I mean, of course getting paid for it and compensated for the amount of time and effort we're putting into it. And then when you're looking at like, okay, so there are only 40 people in the world that are qualifying out of this, having some, or at least helping the athletes out when they get to Madison. Hey, half your room's covered. Here's some food, like some other way than like, not for me personally, but other athletes of like, they're having to pay for their entire room. They're having to play for legitimately everything to get to that point and then can still walk away with absolutely nothing. And you're looking at the top 40 athletes in the world in our sport. I get it came from a party, but it's also developed into a pretty major thing now of having these massive companies involved to be able to put money into the athlete as well. Charles Oliveira just won um, the, I think it's lightweight, 155 pound division at the UFC. Yeah. And, uh, and he jumped over the fence and he looked at Dana White and he said, thank you so much. I love you so much. You've given me the greatest opportunity in my life and you've changed my life. Where we're only five or six more fights away from him if he continues to defend the championship belt before he's talking shit about Dana because he wants to make more money. Yeah. And so there's also that too. I feel like all the bitching comes from the guys who've made it into the top three. And then, and then, and then they taste that and they want more, right? They taste that. I mean, there's, there's no question, you know, people who are like Matt selling his programming is making a fucking killing, right? Because he won the games five times. Yes. And it's just, it's just a really part of me thinks that you almost have to be stupid. I mean, you would have, you have to be stupid to, to enter, to be, try to become a cro- to become a, any professional athlete and think it's going to make you rich. It's got to be the hardest way in the world to do it. And oh, especially yeah. a CrossFit athlete. Yeah. So some, so I'm, I get a little annoyed by it. So that's why I bring it up. You know, you know, no. it's like. So you're in the side of saying, it's sh- it should be where it's at. Shouldn't it be. I have no idea. I 
I have no idea, but I think it's predicated on capitalism, right? If we were selling golf balls and golf tees and golf clubs, and 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 you know, I, I heard that um, in a in a single weekend, golf courses make more money than the, all the revenue in the entire year for the NFL. You know what I mean? The the whole golf ecosystem switches more money hands than the NFL does, and it's like, yeah, well, like. CrossFit's huge and tiny at the same time. Oh yeah, I mean and you're looking at major fucking sport. hard, Super and it's tiny. fucking hard. Yeah, you know, and same with the UFC, it's huge but also tiny. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and it's hard. Yeah, it's I mean, so I think, hard. I think so I don't, I don't know. That are at our level that are doing this is because they love it, right? You know, like, and, and the reason I do it every day and I wake up is because I genuinely enjoy what I get to do every single day. I mean, the people that and I don't know. I think like the LeBrons and the Tom Brady's, like they probably love what they do, but they're also getting compensated extremely well, and that even makes the pro- like, oh, okay, this is even better, you know. But right. at the end of the day, like they still love what they do. So, yeah, I don't and know. there's people who parlayed it into becoming millionaires. I mean, I mean, um, I just recently spoke to Ryan Fisher and Marcus Philly. They, I don't even think Ryan Fisher ever went to the games, and he's. He's fucking killing it. Yeah, and then you got people like Mark Sully, and and look at Miranda Alvarez. I mean, that might be the biggest success story coming out of CrossFit street parking. Oh, oh yeah, she was getting and, back uh, in the day, right? Uh, well, I mean, I, maybe she was. It was so long ago, I don't even remember. I mean, I know she was on teams. Yeah. And then, and then, of course, Matt and Rich and those guys I, don't look like they're hurting for money either. Yeah, I mean, as so, long as you perform. Yeah, and 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 and, and parlay the opportunity into something. Yeah, Pro- but you'll never do that if you don't get camera time. Yeah. Which, <laughs> well, although Ryan and Marcus did it without, I said you'll never do it without camera time. Yeah. But although Marcus and Ryan did, and yeah. you have a very Mar- beautiful Marcus house, so you must not Marcus be doing too bad yourself. A ton of stuff. Yeah, Marcus is literally nonstop with legitimately everything. It will be like fifteen videos in a day of you, all you OPEX guys have like something about you. You know that you guys who came sort of through somehow touched who are attracted to James Fitzgerald. You're a little, like like you guys probably go through soap faster than people who didn't who just do regular CrossFit and never went the OPEX route. Yep. You guys like a little more fastidious, clean. You probably get your hair cut more often. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, we definitely keep ourselves. You see that? Yep. Yeah, like the Marcus Philly, you. Yeah. <laughs> Not Brian. Brian went through the OPEX route too, but he's fucking missed the bar of soap classes <laughs> that James must have been teaching over there and the shaving classes. Travis, how accurate do you think the true form runner runners are? Uh, to normal running, not at all. Why, why, why use them in a live competition? I don't know, man. I just want to run outside. I mean, that's what I think I everyone mean, wants think, to see too. Yeah, I mean, I think, yes, we do want to see you run outside. I think everybody. I mean, I think for for that scenario inside like the way the whole stadium is and whatnot i guess like that is the best they could do but i mean i feel like you could also save a bunch of money by having everybody run outside and not pay for the true forms um how about just inside how about just inside everyone wants to, the best part about the games is when you could fuckers are forced to start at the starting line together and we get to just laugh at you yeah it's like just bulls fighting and we know someone's going down yeah, and there's going to be pushing and there's going to be a story at the end about how travis pulled my hair or some shit yeah pushed him under yeah, the water Brian, that's a great point 
Yeah, I mean, the only good point about the air runner is this. It makes regular running all of a sudden more interesting. Like if you see regular running, you're like, this sucks. And you're like, oh, no, you want us to show you what really sucks? We're going to put 20 guys on air runners. Yeah. I mean, I think that <laughs> – You want to complain? Next time we're going to make them jog in place. What? Uh, the, like the timing of like the running. Like we have two assault runners and and a true form in the gym. And the, if you're like, hey, let's all run 400 meters, they're all completely different. Every single one of them. You're like, oh, this one's faster this one's a little slower. The true form, you pull way more with your hamstring. The assault runner's more like natural running, it kind of feels like. Um, but yeah, it's just it, – it, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just to be able – I mean, at least they had running in it. So for me, I'm like I'd rather have – if it's running on that or no running at all, I would run a, rather run on that than not have anything at those events because I feel like that, that is a big separator – on these events that when you do get to the games where there's six running events and then you never tested running in any of the stages to get up to that point, you can have different top five finishers based on that. It was great in LA when you guys would run in the stadium oh, and up over the top. Awesome. That Burm. shit, the crowds love, love that. And you guys are running inside the stadium and we get to watch you climb that hill and then come down and then you guys kind of jockey for position as you come down that long flight of stairs. I mean, that, that was, was a amazing. lot of gaming too. That I mean, I love that. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. You just made me hate, you're, you just gave me a new uh, hang up, Brian. What? I hate those those <laughs> those runners. You just you just oh. gave me a sickness. You gave me a disease. I hate those runners now. It's pointless. I see that as lazy programming now. Did we've you hear? Seen, is it? Is it official? I heard like uh, there's a cease and desist on uh, assault fitness for the treadmills. Is that true? Say that again. Like a cease and desist from uh, Woodway. What's Woodway? The they were like the first original uh, runner. Curved. Oh, and now they're telling Assault uh, to stop making them? I think so. Are they going to tell um, – who who makes the True Form? True Form. Are they going to tell – did they tell True Form to stop making them too? I don't know. Well, the – yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think – I feel like – All I, those guys – I saw something on, on like Morning Chalk Up. It was just like a quick little paragraph and I read it and I was like, huh, I wonder if, how true that is. Well, all those now, guys uh, – Echo Bike is the um, – Official sponsor book. of the games. Yeah, so no. Yeah, not a fan of the Echo Bike. Not a fan of the Echo Bike. Why not? It just doesn't feel like a real bike to me. It feels like a 19. The first 30 seconds are great. You're like, man, this has an amazing build. Man, this is really smooth. And then all of a sudden, I start having flashbacks of those 1970s bikes where they have the rubber stopper and you squeeze it tighter onto the wheel to, make, to add resistance. Yeah. I'm like, oh, there's something like that going on here that's creating the resistance. I'm not enjoying this. Yeah, I mean, see, my thing from an affiliate owner standpoint is that withstands a class way better we so i just bought 12 of them and they that makes sense hold up way better so then i had 15 assault bikes and i replaced five monitors in one week oh wow and so i'm like the amount of money i was putting back into the assault bikes i had guaranteed at least one pedal snap off probably every four to five days, maybe every week and a half, one pedal would snap off. So then like, Oh, I just have the assault bike in my garage. It's just me. See, And it's easy to move around. Yeah. When it's just one person, like I have one in the garage and it's great. But when you have 200 people in a gym, nonstop, the echo bike just is way better for a class structure. 
Yeah, it's a tank. Yeah. All those people in that space are making more money than God right now. Oh, yeah. Assault bike, road, Peloton, the, the, the Peloton, the C2. I've been hearing some of the numbers, and you can just see how many employees. I mean, I don't think anyone in Ohio works for anyone else besides Bill. <laughs> I mean, that, that company has taken over. Everywhere. Yeah, I mean, he he's killing it. And it all started Travis, with CrossFit. Did you see what uh, what Sam Quant said today? Say that again? Sorry, I didn't hear you. Do you see what Sam Quant said today? What, no, Has no. anyone told you about it? I no. just was. Uh, he he put up he put up a post on Instagram about some uh, chronic illnesses that he's been having for on and off for the last five years, actually. That he's been hesitant to share. Shouldn't with have anyone. got the vaccine then. <laughs> um, Sorry, I couldn't resist. But I, but I was only asking me. because. Oh, what? Um, Did it go into detail or just said? It's a little vague. Uh, I think it, it it reads as if it was hard for him to write it, but he felt like it was an appropriate time to. But he also made it very it, it abundantly clear that he you know he didn't want to advertise this. He doesn't like excuses. So my guess is that none of you guys had any idea about it either. Like he wasn't talking about it or letting on in the in the athlete area at all. No. Yeah, that's Not what I thought. I don't know. This weekend. This weekend didn't turn out the way I had hoped. I know that many people have been asking why, and as hard as it may be, I do feel like I owe an explanation. I hate excuses. I feel like there is always an excuse to be said about why a performance wasn't its best, which is why I've kept quiet throughout my CrossFit career about various things, even to the point that my coach didn't have the full story until very recently. However, I've realized that I've been holding myself back from my true potential for years by not fully acknowledging this. Since the 2017 season... I've had an erection that will not go away, which makes it very hard for me to run long distances. I made that part up. <laughs> Dude, no. When you read that part, I was like, what? <laughs> Since the 2017 season, just before my worst CrossFit Games finish, I have been dealing with various forms of chronic illness. The flare-ups, the flare-ups come without any apparent cause and have been pretty big, a pretty big hurdle for me over the past five years. Seemingly unrelated, leading up to the MAC, I don't know what that is, I started having trouble breathing during exercise and following workouts. We thought it was just seasonal, seasonal allergies, but it was clearly more. When I got to Tennessee, I had a pretty severe outbreak in hives that put me in urgent care for a couple of days before the competition and was given medication that left me feeling super drained. So he's saying that right before this competition, he was in the hospital? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My God. Yes. Each day of competition, I debated whether I should withdraw, but decided to finish it despite how I felt. God, he's a savage. He took 12th, right? Each day of uh, – I just didn't want to go down without a fight. It may seem like a setback for me not to make it to the games this year, but I think it may end up being the opportunity I need that will force me to really buckle down and get these things resolved. Moving to Boston to train with the comp train crew has been the best possible move for my career, and my coach, Harry, and for my coach, Harry has been amazingly supportive since I've opened up about what's been going on. Thank you to everyone who has believed in me and a huge thank you to my coach and comp train team for the support as I figure this out. Hmm. No, I didn't know about any of that. Well, hopefully it's still, I, so you got to say something more than that. I just read a lot of shit. You better say something more than that. What? I said, you got to say more than that. I just read a lot of shit. You yeah. got to like, at least give me 30, 40 seconds. Was he a nice guy? Did he no, he's a super sick? nice guy. I mean, from the communication I've had with him, I mean, I feel like most of us, when we're all back there anyway, it's very just kind of quiet. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing and getting warmed up their way, and everybody kind of gets in the zone. So the amount of talking 
from the time I was there, like I would show up probably an hour before and then I would leave and then go back to the house in between events. So it's not like I was really even there hanging out, but I mean, for like the few minutes, like, Hey, how you doing? Doing well, good yourself. How are your kids? Like that kind of talk. Um, I mean, he's always been super nice and I've competed against him for a while now. Um, but I definitely did not know about any of that. And I mean, hopefully that he gets that kind of situated. I'd be curious. I'd be curious to know actually like what it is that's causing it. And then to break out in like hives and stuff, I'd be like, just to actually like, no, um, I mean, that's definitely a bummer going into the weekend, having to go to urgent care and not feel well. Um, I mean, you don't want that upon anybody. You want to compete against everybody at their best to see how you actually stack up and do. And you hope that the best for everybody. So hopefully he gets all that kind of squared away and comes back healthier than ever. Shellfish. It's the thing that... um that Fraser talks about, you know, with the, with this format, you only have that one weekend, that one opportunity to qualify. And if something just happens, unfortunately, that lines up with that weekend, you know, better luck next year. And he always thought that yeah. that was like a, a risky game. Yeah. I mean, I think it is. I, I mean, I definitely agree with that. The way the whole structure of it does line up is that, I mean, I think in that situation, it's hard because like he legitimately had something and it affected his performance. But then I think the, I will give CrossFit the benefit of the doubt of adding that six through eight spot to add a last chance qualifier was a good idea to give those people, like if something did happen or coming up slightly short, like it still gives them an opportunity to, to still qualify. I mean, in his situation, just having something legitimately happen right before the event, that's a complete bummer. And all the work you put in to not actually be able to be shown is very frustrating like thankfully for me it happened during the open and i just needed to place top 10 percent. so it kind of you know like it's a bummer for him that it happened at that point in time so i mean yeah it's definitely frustrating but i don't know i mean hopefully i mean i don't know how you would figure that out to be fair for kind of everybody you know like because sometimes that just is the nature of the game is things do happen. And that's just like, you're not going to change the Olympics because the, like the way you try to qualify, like, and it just didn't work for that weekend. You know, like I feel like that's just the name of the game sometimes. And it's extremely frustrating, but I also think it teaches you a lot about yourself. And for him, maybe this was like best case scenario. It allows him to actually figure out what is going on, how he can fix it and then come back stronger and then not, have something like that happen. I mean, it's just a, I mean, it really is a bummer that it did happen. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Peace. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. I wish I was cool enough to do that Peace. And then just sign up. That's it. Yeah. And just sign off. I thought you, I thought you did actually. (laughs) I did. I did. 